Welcome back to another episode of College Gridiron. My name is Tyler Hill, and I'm joined by my good friends Danny Scott and Ryan Gregoire. As always, it was a wild week for college football with upsets galore and some crazy news. Before before we get into all the shenanigans, I'm asking you, how are you, Danny? You know, it, it's been a rough week, rough week for me, but, you know, getting in here, getting to talk to you guys, getting to let everyone hear my feelings makes me feel a lot better. Uh, you know... We'll we'll get into Brian Kelly. I got I got some stuff I want to say about him, but uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Been been a little busy this past week, but ready to get rocking today. I mean, yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Notre Dame this week. It's a good week to blow some steam off, you know. A lot of wild stuff going on, but you know, it's been a while since we've had you on. It's been I mean, a couple week. of weeks. It's been it one fe- week. It feels like three weeks. It's been it feels like an eternity. But and how it, are you? Anytime you don't get Ryan Greg, where it, it just feels like yeah, feels stop like, it. It stop feels like there's it. just like something missing. But yeah, how are you, Ryan? I'm doing great, Tyler. First off, you know, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. It was also Thank your you. birthday, so happy late Thank Thanksgiving. You. And listen, I don't really force myself on a lot. You know, the boss man tells me what I'm doing and I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I force myself on this podcast. Oh, of course. I wasn't on the podcast originally. I really wanted to be on. It was a great week of college football. And then after, we had the coaching news. So I forced myself on 100%. I'll say it how it is. So I'm pumped up to be here. Got to have the big three on at all times. Come on. I mean, like, what's better than this? What's better than some good college football talk? But why not start with the biggest game of the week? I mean, I think all three of us underestimated this uh, this one team by the name of Michigan by a lot. So um, we got to see Michigan beat Ohio State for the first time since 2011, 42-27. So, Danny, I want to get your first thoughts on that game. I mean, were you surprised at all? Like, did you think... I mean, I think we all thought Ohio State was going to blow Michigan out of the water. Maybe, Ryan, I wasn't on the show last week. I was on one-on-one. I said it would be a very close game, but I still thought Ohio State would win. I was surprised with the outcome, for sure. Definitely. So, Danny, what were your first thoughts, first reactions to this game? Yeah, I was was pretty wrong. Um, that's, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> really? say that. I thought, yeah, I thought Michigan was going to get the doors blown off them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remembered as I was watching this game that Michigan has this guy named Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, I want to talk about him. Um, who I think has just thrown himself into the Heisman conversation. I think he's thrown himself, yeah, deep well, in the Heisman Well, well into, yeah. maybe, maybe even over CJ Stroud at this point. I mean, Bryce right, Young cool. is looking good, but, uh, Hutchinson last week, three sacks, seven tackles, three tackles for loss, a QB hurry, and he drew two holds. Mm-hmm. Against a good left tackle at Ohio State, yeah, a good a good offensive line, and he just made them look like children. Yeah, that that Michigan defense is suffocating, and they showed against maybe the best offense in the country this year. Not not maybe the best offense mm-hmm. in the country talent this year. Wise, the team talent talent wise yeah. for sure. The team I've been hyping up all year on this podcast. Ah, uh, it made me look stupid, huh? They yeah. they suffocated that offense and. I'm impressed. Michigan, I was so out of them. We talked about it last yep. week. I was saying, you know, Michigan hasn't played anyone. Their best win is the same best win as Notre Dame, and everyone thinks Notre Dame sucks besides me. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, they beat Wisconsin. Right. They lost to Michigan State, and Ohio State blew the doors off of Michigan State. So, for Michigan, that's a great win. I'm happy for Jim Harbaugh as a 49ers fan. When Jim Harbaugh gets a win, it's all right with me. So, uh, good job to the Wolverines. Congrats to Khaki Man himself. I mean, got the monkey off his back by beating Ohio State. I mean, what, what's the thing with Jim Harbaugh? He can't beat the big teams. Can't win against the big games. He just won the biggest game of his college football career. 100%. And, I mean, congrats to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, sorry for underestimating you. Sorry, sorry for underestimating Michigan as a whole. But, Ryan, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. What was the key? Like, what went wrong for Ohio State? I don't necessarily think it was what went wrong for them. It's what went right for Michigan. Right. I love the way they played. What a, they, what a game plan, by the way. They didn't try to pretend to be someone they weren't. They weren't going to try to beat you over the top. They weren't going to try to throw the football over you. They beat them with the run. They said, stop the run. Ohio State could not. Hassan mm-hmm. Haskins, five touchdowns, 170 yards. Just absurd game from him. They played their style of football. They have the offensive linemen, and they were going to run it down your throat. That's been what they've done all season. You hoped in this game, you know, the worry was, can they keep up with Ohio State's offense? Because they're so dynamic, we know. <laughs> it went the other way. The receiving Ohio- tree. They made Ohio State play their style of football uh-huh. where you couldn't make a mistake if you're Ohio State because Michigan was going to score every time they got the ball. That fourth quarter, Ohio State kept creeping closer. They kept getting a shot. They just needed one stop. That was the thing the entire fourth quarter. They couldn't get it. Every time Michigan got the ball back, they just ran it down their throat. I think they throw it twice in like the fourth quarter, maybe even the second half. They mm-hmm. literally just sold out. They said, you stop our run. It's what we do, and they couldn't. 
So that's what I love the way they played because they play their style of football. So I think that's what you look at for this game. Give so much credit to Michigan battling. What a game, too. The atmosphere, sitting on my couch. It's snowy. You know, you feel the warmth, yep. comfort of your living In room. In the big house, You're too. watching great football. The crowd there was absurd. I have a friend who went to Michigan. He was at the game. Just absurd atmosphere. So I'm so happy for them. I really am. It was the monkey off. Jim Harbaugh is back, who, remember, he had to take a pay cut to stay mm-hmm. this year. Just absurd. You know, you give guys a few years. Let him get his guys. Let him build his style of football. That's what he did. All the credit in the world to Michigan. They were the better team on the field, regardless of anything you want to throw out there, and they deserve this win. Definitely. I mean, like, Michigan put together pretty much a perfect game plan. I would say that confidently. That is the best coach I've ever seen Michigan, like, just play. The thing is, I remember in the beginning of the game, Ohio, Michigan came out strong, but then came McNamara through a goal line pick. Yes, I thought that. I thought that was just like Ohio State was going to go on a run. And I just thought absolutely dominate. I thought it was over. I like, completely thought that was the turning point in the I game. Thought it, I thought I, it was. Like, I was oh. like, I was watching it, and and Michigan's driving. Michigan's doing all this stuff. They got the. Cade McNamara throws a pick, and I go, oh, here it comes. And then I'm pretty sure did Ohio State score on that drive or the next drive? And the like, they took their first lead of the game, and their only well, I lead. I think of they the kicked game. a field goal on the next drive, but right. The, the ability to, like, you're not going to be able to play your gr- game plan all the way throughout, right? That's right. something you have to limit. The red zone picks are critical, especially against a team that can score like that. But the bounce back is what's more impressive. Because you t- I talked about, I thought the same thing. They go up 7 nothing instantly. They instantly get the ball back. And, right. and then you throw a pick. You're able to bounce back, though, shrug it off. And there were times in this game where it looked like, all right, here it is. Here's Ohio State. We know how good they are. Tyler's been hyping them up. Oh, yeah. Like they been, were the best team in the country. I, I look like an idiot right now. Yeah, you I do mean, look like an idiot. I know. It's fair. I mean, I'm going to take my L on that one. But, man, Ohio State, you came out. They came out just looking flat. I mean, first drive of the game, C.J. Stroud, they're, I think they're backed up on their only five. They look terrible. Th- three and out. Michigan goes down, drives, scores a touchdown. It just didn't look – it looked like Michigan was more prepared. It looked like Ohio State underestimated them. Yeah. And – you know the key to the game was the trench battle. The trench battle. David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson versus Dewan Jones and Nicholas Petit Frere. Man, Michigan dominated at the point of attack. And, I mean, like, it wasn't even close. It, Ohio State was really never able to get their run game going, which is a massive part of their offense. Travion Henderson. Um, I mean, they averaged 2.1 yeah, yards per carry. They, like, they suffocated them. They did not look – they did not get underway. And, I mean – Man, Michigan, what a game plan. I mean, last if you look at last week, um, Michigan State versus Ohio State, Kenneth Walker III, Heisman, major Heisman candidate. And I'd say, what do we agree, is probably a little bit of a better player than Hassan Haskins. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, but like six, six carries on 25 yards. The, the one I thing thought, I'll say about Walker is it was documented. Mel Tucker said he was hurt, blah, blah, right. blah. But the the one thing Hassan Haskins he played for Michigan and that mm-hmm. rivalry game anyone is gonna be juiced out of oh, his mind per- for that yeah he I mean he took that game personally I'll tell you that but like, oh absolutely and I think if you're a, if you're a Michigan player and you haven't beat Ohio State in what was it ten seasons yeah since 2011 so I mean you have to be amped out of your mind the, that, that's if you the remember only, la- last that's year the they, only way you're gonna beat Ohio it State was it Michigan. was a massive game last year they didn't get to play because Michigan had all the COVID cases and blah 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 Ohio State was amped for this game so it was Michigan Michigan wanted their they had two years of animosity built up into one and it really showed on um last Saturday but you know let's get I mean we've already we talked have so a lot. much we have about. so much to talk about let's talk about the team that Michigan leapfrogged Alabama played Auburn in the Iron Bowl. You know how the Iron Bowl is. Classic, gritty battle. And this game was no different. I mean, 24-22 and four overtimes. There's not really – it's very rare that you see a four-overtime game that hits the under, I believe. I mean, it was a really – really. I took the over, so you're just throwing that at me. I, I just <laughs> didn't know that. I just didn't know that. Know, but you fine. know what? Like, that was, that yeah. was an interesting game. I'd say it was ugly. It was, it was classic – like, classic yes. Alabama-Auburn. I mean, like, does right? I'm gonna start with you first. Yes. What does this mean for like a Bryce Young stock, and like, so, what does this mean for Alabama as a program? Do they look like, you know, yeah. pretenders, or do you still believe in them? Yeah, this means a lot. First off, I want to go into a conversation I had with Mike Calmari, Gridiron's mm-hmm. biggest fan. Shout him out. The He's man in the himself. Helping right now. We were prepping for the show because I was on one on one. Right. It was during the Michigan game, and you know, it's tough the way they air it. It doesn't get on the radio until after the game. So he wanted to just automatically assume that Bama was going to beat Auburn and just talk like it already happened. The one thing oh. I said is they play them tough every year, 
But then I backtracked and I was like, listen, if if this line's even, I'd empty my tuition on Bama. So like clearly it was a close game, way closer than we thought. Um, there's a lot to put into this. Now you look at Alabama. This is the third SEC game where they've been absolutely tested. They look, you look they at look LSU, shaky. Florida, and Auburn. This is a game, you talked about Bryce Young's stock. I think it's a fair question, but the one thing I'll say, to be able to drive 98 yards down the field without a timeout, a minute left that's against imp- this that's defense. Impressive. That's you, not- we talked about suffocating defense. They were suffocating Alabama. They could not do anything. That's why I'm not ready to sell any Bryce Young stock. That was fantastic. Um, they were like four different points in that game where Auburn was one play away mm-hmm. from just winning it. So Auburn, to lose that game, so heartbreaking. I mean, their season wasn't much. But for Bama to squeak out, there was no issue with me falling in the rankings. I just think you have to look at this Bama team. They're not on the same levels as Georgia. I don't know if they could beat Michigan right now because Auburn is not very good, right? That's a six-loss right. team. And I get it to the Iron Bowl. I get it to Auburn. It's one of the reasons, you know, you looked at this. Auburn will play them tough. I think that's right. a guarantee. It's their Super Bowl every year. Every year. But you have to just be a little concerned if you're an Alabama fan, if you're part of that team. The way that Auburn defense was able to get after them, we talked about Aiden Hutchinson dominating that game. You don't think he dominate Alabama? Because I think he would. Yeah, so that's I think right there. there's a he lot of concerns. A better game against yes. uh, against Alabama. This is this is, especially with a weaker offensive line. Alabama's offensive line this year is yeah. notoriously weaker than Ohio State's and like their past years. So so we'll get more into Alabama and obviously they play Georgia this week in a second. But this is one I think it's just another example that this team isn't. It's not what Alabama's been, and so the fact that they even won this game. A miracle, and the fact that we have so much to talk about that this doesn't even lead the right. show is unbelievable. Awesome unbelievable. But Danny, I'm gonna get to you real quickly. Are you in or out on Alabama as a whole right now? As of right this second, I would say I I want to say I'm in, but I just I can't say I'm in because of the team that they got to play this week. I I, mm-hmm. I think they're a very good football team, and in a normal season, you know, maybe they're the best team in the country. But this Georgia team is just absurdly good oh, that that defense is maybe the best defense i've seen in my lifetime um in college football so i think Alabama's a good football team i just don't think they have any shot this year uh one thing i want to talk about is if tj finley doesn't hurt his ankle yeah. i think auburn wins that game yeah he was playing There's very so much that they could have just won the game with he yeah, was all- playing very gingerly in the second half he right. couldn't he couldn't land on his plant foot he couldn't run like he was doing in the first half I think if TJ Finley stays healthy, Auburn, Auburn knocks off and Alabama. Bam, Bama's two lost team. I mean, like this is a whole different story we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally, I'm not really sure where I stand on Alabama. I think this Bama team, they're they're a good team, but this is undoubtedly a weaker team than the past years of the Alabama. Their the run game isn't the same. I mean, Brian Robinson's a good player, but the run game isn't the same. I think this week we'll yeah, learn a lot. This week we'll learn now. You look at their wins. The really only impressive one's Ole Miss. It, right. it really is. Right. So I think this week versus Georgia is going to tell us a lot because they've almost been playing with fire. And with, they have. With Texas A&M losing to LSU last it week. It hurts it looks, it that, that, hurts, that hurts Alabama. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with Michigan jumping Alabama. I thought personally, I thought maybe even Cincinnati would jump Alabama in the poll. Uh, I, mean, I don't know I mean, a little that. crazy. There's, there's still a guy down there named Nick Saban. So. Right, right. But, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. I mean, like, but. Man, there was another the final game that we're gonna talk about, but I think probably the best, arguably the best game that we're I'd gonna talk about. I'd say most exciting. Most I don't exciting. know about best game. I don't know. Most the, exciting. The plays. stakes weren't as high, even though this well, is, this this now flies into the playoff conversation. Yeah, I think the stakes were pretty high. Now they're now they're higher, but I mean this was a f- phenomenal game. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, I thought that Oklahoma State would beat Oklahoma. I thought that they were the better program. And man, was it a it was a contested one. 37-33 came down to the last minute. But yeah. I mean, at halftime it was 24 all and Oklahoma State almost sold the game at halftime. I mean, they fumbled on the goal line. It just uh, like on their own end line, a safety. But yeah, I mean like this is a major major game for Oklahoma State getting up to the 5th ranking in in the um playoff poll. It's crazy, but like Ryan, I'm gonna start with you. What does this mean for Oklahoma State as a program establishing themselves with a dominant win? It's a big huge. win. You know, some would say that game was bedlam with how crazy mm-hmm. it was. I think that's why we call it bedlam. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it shows a lot. Shout out Mike Gundy for the mm. big one. He never wins the big game. He never does. That's been the thing. I think he flies under the radar just because he's not a sexy coach, right? He's, he's not been there. The for, new, he's been there for a while. He too. is Oklahoma State football. He is. he is the Oklahoma State football. He's the face of that program. Will be forever. And I don't think you think of him just because he's been there forever as one of these top coaches. But this was a really impressive one. You know, Oklahoma's just dominated this rivalry, and it's very clear this is a down Oklahoma team. Right. So to know that you're home. This is your best shot if you're OK State, 100% with Oklahoma's season pretty much being over. And so you able, there were a few times where it looked like they were, you know, coughing it away. I think they were down. They were down two scores multiple times, wild back and forth game, able to kind of lock in at the end. You know, that fourth quarter, they outscore Oklahoma 13 nothing. So just really impressive from them. You know, they move up all the way to five. And this was something that I know I think we'll talk about because they obviously leapfrogged mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Yeah. But this was a really impressive win. They had a lot of times in this game where it looked like they'd lose. It looked like they'd be classic OK State. Yeah. Like we saw, I think, a few years ago. You know, we hyped up Oklahoma State on this podcast. Yeah, I did, one, especially. Yeah. I, was a big, so, I was a big Oklahoma State guy. I thought that they were a very good team. I, I remember a few weeks ago we said this would be a playoff game. It wasn't quite that. But Oklahoma it, State needs certainly some help. But they got Oklahoma help. State now looks – they look scary. They, I don't want to play them right now. Their one loss was to Iowa State on And the this road. is a road loss where they were underdogs. Yeah. I mean, this is not a bad and loss they, at all. Not a bad loss at all. There's yeah. teams with one loss that look a lot worse. Oh, I'd say I, I would probably argue that Bama's loss could look worse. Oh, Bama's loss ways. is worse because uh, Bama was, like, I mean, massive favorites against the Texas A&M team that was unranked at the time. At but, the time. but whatever. That's, that's yeah, getting that's, away from that's, the point because exactly. we have a lot to talk about. This is a, um, th- yeah, this is a quality win for Ohio, um, Oklahoma State. I mean, they – they, I'd say they deserve their fifth ranking in the poll, but that's for Danny to decide. Danny, how how are you for feel- the committee to decide? Yeah, for the committee to decide, but for uh, our Notre- resident Notre Dame fan here to decide. Danny, um, are you how are you feeling about that ranking? Do you think that's like an apt ranking, or do you think Notre Dame deserves that five spot still? You know, it's it's hard it's hard for me to judge this because it is a rivalry game and rivalry games always draw a lot of close games. You saw that with Alabama Auburn, mm-hmm. Michigan beating Ohio State. That ju- the stuff just never happens. I said last week I value Oklahoma State and Oklahoma the same. I think the Big 12 is a weak conference. It is. I think there's no real team that has any shot of winning a national championship. Agreed. I I don't even know if Notre Dame has a chance at winning the national championship if we're being honest. They don't. They don't. Um, yeah, they uh, okay. Whatever, whatever you guys say, but I don't understand how you can jump Oklahoma State over Notre Dame, beating Oklahoma. We've talked about Oklahoma and how bad they are all year. Yeah, sure. It's how bad top, they are for their standards? Sorry, for their, yes, for their for, standards. For their standards. You have to remember, this is still a top ten team in the nation according to the rankings. No, I, and I get it, but you know, Oklahoma was ranked number two in the AP poll, and then they come out and the committee ranks them. Eight, and they're undefeated. While undefeated, exactly. So this is a very, very weak Oklahoma team. And if this, if their name was not Oklahoma, they wouldn't be nowhere be near like, the top. They'd 10 be like seventeen. They were still a ten and one team. Yeah, it's still a quality team with like t- like with legitimate NFL I'm, talent. I get your point yeah, though. I'm just saying, they would be nowhere near right that number the number ten ranking. They would be nowhere near that if they were not Oklahoma. So yes, great win for Oklahoma State. Do I think Oklahoma State has a chance to win the national championship? Give me any of the other top four teams, and Oklahoma State gets, I mean, blown out. I don't, I don't know think, what you else think to so. say. I, I, I think, I think any of those top four teams are just killing Oklahoma State. I, I really, I'm not sure how to feel about that one because I really like this Oklahoma State defense and their run game. They're built for a close game. They're built for a close game, definitely. And the, the thing I'll say is, this is a very interesting conversation that I hope we can have next week. Oh yeah, because you know that would mean some craziness happens with them. But right now, you know they have to beat Baylor, and yeah, they, need to no, take care they, of they, they definitely have to beat Baylor. But I just think that that game you can't play that sloppy. They played sloppy, yeah. and because yeah. they played Oklahoma, they got right. away with it. You right. know the other if, thing I think, Danny, that, that proves your point because of how much they've been dominant in the rivalry. This wins like that much more impressive. If this is a team that they beat every year. If, like not, like yeah. regardless of the rankings every year, you look at Oklahoma and when they beat Oklahoma State, you're never like that's such an impressive win, right. even if they're ranked higher. Yeah. Like if Oklahoma won, we wouldn't be like sounding the alarms on them. Yeah, but because they get dominated the way they do, I think that definitely helps them a little bit. And, and 
to your point, they didn't get dominated. They played right. they played a, a bad four- Oklahoma team to a close that game. That couldn't take I will say I will say it's a rivalry game right. and rivalry games are always tight games. I I've been very right. vocal about that all year long. But that was a sloppy performance both ways and I think Oklahoma State just got lucky. They they lost the turnover battle. Yeah. They got lucky against a bad Oklahoma team this year mm-hmm. and were able to squeak it out. Yeah, no, Oklahoma State, I mean we're yeah, it's definitely a good win, but I mean Oklahoma wasn't t- able to take advantage of the miscues that Oklahoma State had. You, you Oklahoma, saw the, you, just to cut you off, sorry. Yeah. More yards, Go better ahead. on third down, more rushing yards, more first downs, and time of possession, and won the turnover battle. So basically, they're a better team. They just couldn't take advantage they, of on on paper. Oklahoma wins that game. Oh, on paper. they got they that's got. That's why you lucky. play the game on the field. That's yeah. why you, exactly. That's they, why you play the game on the field. They got lucky with a couple of things. Uh, that getting that touchdown on the on the miss kick or the muff punt. Right. You know, I just I really don't think Oklahoma State is. A top five team, in I my mean, opinion. Top uh, ten, yes. Yeah. Top ten for sure. Top five, I just, as a biased Notre Dame fan, I don't see how they jump Notre Dame. As an unbiased college football fan, I do think that this Oklahoma State team is better than Notre Dame, just because, I mean, they're coming to their both teams are coming to their own, but Oklahoma State has a better resume. I'll tell you that one, and two, yes. Oklahoma was not able to take as I said, Oklahoma was not able to take advantage of Oklahoma State's miscues, and this game was really a death knell in the pro in the Oklahoma program. I mean, because of what it led to, right exactly, after. which was what we're going to get to right now. Lincoln Riley heading over to USC, snaking snaking Oklahoma fans, as some might say. I mean, like Lincoln Riley, he, he the day literally the day before taking the USC job, tells Oklahoma fans, "I'm not taking the LSU job." Ends up taking the USC job, which is, I'd say, a little bit more prestigious, a little more fun. But what's next for Oklahoma now? For like Oklahoma right now, they're in the depths of like this is the worst their programs looked in a while. They come off a bad loss to the rivals. They lose their head coach, who has produced so much NFL talent over the past couple of years. You look at the quarterbacks they've got: Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, eventually Caleb Williams, and. You're forgetting Spencer Rattler, who was a top prospect well, coming out. Yes, yeah, exactly. he's not as good, but, I mean, they just produced these quarterbacks. Right, exactly. But, like, what's next for Oklahoma? I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Well, I, I want to start off with the Lincoln-Riley thing because I think right. just his move was one I didn't see coming. He didn't lie, though. He did say he wasn't very, very smart wording by him. He's a smart guy, clearly, saying he's not taking the LSU job. And USC, like, I give him a ton of credit because – They've been their brand has been carrying them because their football has been horrible. Right, their football, by their standards, the quality of football is just not there since for the last... Sam Darnold's been there probably. Yeah, um, and they they handed him a blank check. They got their guy. Mm-hmm. I give teams a lot of credit, or I don't even know if it's a team, the boosters yeah, credit but, for yeah, going out knowing who they wanted and just going all in. They, the terms they, of this deal, can we yeah, go talk ahead. about it go real ahead. quick? One hundred ten million dollars. Jesus, um, USC is buying. Both his houses in Oklahoma for five hundred thousand over asking price on both. That's a million dollar signing bonus. They're 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 flexing their Southern California money, buying him a six million dollar home in LA (laughs) and unlimited private jet use for him and his family. So little Tommy wants to have a little trip in Florida with his buddies, private jet. So that's awesome. I don't know if his son's name is Tommy. I made that up. Whatever. Tommy Riley's got a little ring. I don't think it's his name. Um, (laughs) But just for them to get their guy, I love it. I think it's a huge move because the Pac-12, frankly, guys, like it's it's been kind of irrelevant in terms of the playoff and everything. So I mean, we we thought we thought we thought Oregon bath, and then they and then they got caught in the they they got got caught in the blender. They got dominated. So so this is great for USC. I think to Mm -hmm. try to return to prominence. This is 100 percent the guy that I think could do it. We'll see who he brings from Oklahoma. What it means for Oklahoma, we'll see who they hire. I think there's a lot, you know, yeah, we'll on the line there. We'll get to that in a second. Um, will Caleb Williams follow Lincoln Riley? That's exactly, I, I that's exactly what I was about to say. I, I mean, I, I think he probably it's smart if he does. I know they I, just I think, got some. They have some other guy, but Lincoln Riley will want his now, guy. The guy who, uh, like you, if you look at it closely, Oklahoma recently, ever since the Lincoln Riley hire, they've already lost a bunch of recruits. They lost Malachi, Malachi Nelson, 2023 quarterback. I think he's the number three prospect in that class. And, and I get these kids probably yeah. are hurt because Lincoln Riley's recruiting him last week and now he's at another school. I mean, like, but at the same time, that, that's a— if you, if you look at Nelson, I mean, he's from California. Would you rather play he's, Norman, He's Oklahoma? from Orange County. Exactly. He's from, he's from 
30 minutes away. Why exactly. would you not follow him? And that's to USC? a market too. Like USC, you said, I was watching Joel Klatt talk about it the other day. Right. If you had, if you were a kid in California, the Michigans, the Bamas, they wouldn't even look at you because it was a waste of time because right. USC was just getting you. Exactly. And that has really changed the last five, 10 years to where now those kids, they're in Orange County and it's such a big market for talent. They're going to the South. So yeah. this is USC's chance. This is Lincoln Riley's chance. They are putting their hand down, that putting the hammer back. down. You know, yeah. one one thing I want to add, and we talked about this, is objectively, USC might be the best job it's in college football. It's an interesting conversation for it, sure. It, Great location. In California, in right. LA, you got Phenomenal a storied program, the legacy yep. of USC. I hate USC, first of all. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but if I was a college football coach and I wasn't offered the Notre Dame job, the number one job I would want is USC. USC, exactly. You got you got a relatively easy unlimited conf- resources, unlimited, yeah. unlimited resources, resources, phenomenal you, location. The conference plays a huge exactly. role. Exactly, we conference. You're not in the SEC gauntlet. Like we'll get into Brian Kelly in a minute. He'll have to beat superpowers. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley will run this conference. In and and Lincoln yeah. Riley's a great recruiter. So he. Lincoln Riley goes yeah. down to uh, Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, and goes, "Hey guys, come play in Los Angeles. Come play in California. It's and sunny glamour. and seventy the year round. And glamour, the no Bowl. humidity. I mean, we got everything. You got the Coliseum. You got ev- literally everything. And I mean, this is a massive, massive move for the USC program. I think it's going to pay off. I mean, this brings back the the hype, as we said, the yes. recruiting. People want to go there. So I think it's reasonable to say USC is back." Would you say that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens, but USC is the this juice is, again. This, this is the move that will bring They USC have back. the juice. I will not say they're back yet. Yeah. I say they right. are very much on the right track to be back. Right. That definitely, it's it's definitely the right move. It's the right move to you know establish that excitement and bring back just that hype to USC that we haven't seen since Reggie Bush. But, you know... With one man's trash is another man's treasure, and that treasure will be that Oklahoma opening. Give me, I want each of you guys to give me one name who you think would fill that Oklahoma opening correct, like well. Start with Danny. Danny, go ahead. So I was looking at it, and you know I'm seeing a lot of hype from Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Mark Stoops. Bob's Stoop- on my list. He's Bob on my list. I believe he did just get a contract extension with Kentucky. I I mean I do you does think that, that does that does what, that matter anymore? What do you, what do you, I mean, exactly. if you're in a contract, Lo- you can lo- just go wherever you loyalty want. Loyalty is nothing. Loyalty, as we, as we, as we know. means nothing to me anymore. As we know in, a little too well, football. loyalty means nothing. Um, Daddy knows too well. Oh my gosh. Um yeah, Mark Stoops. Um coach of Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is historically not a good football program. But he's brought that program. He's brought that program back. They were ranked in the top 10 at one point, I believe mm-hmm. this year. I I know at the very least they were number 12 for a little while. He's Bob Stoops' little brother. Bob mm-hmm. Stoops is going to have a big say in this hiring. He's already right. still working at Oklahoma. If it's not, if it's how about not that Bob, he's the interim? How crazy is that? That's awesome. I that's, think that's, that's awesome. That's I saw, a, I saw this that's thing that, uh, right there. It should be Lou Holtz coaching Notre Dame and Bob Stoops <laughs> coaching Oklahoma, and they play in the Fiesta Bowl. That would be. But anyways, yeah, I I think Mark Stoops makes a lot of sense. He's got family ties there. His brother's going to be part of the hiring. He's done a good job at mm-hmm. Kentucky. I I just think that makes sense in my yes. in my head. It makes a lot of sense. If you look at Mark Stoops, his resume stacks up. I think I mean, he revived can, Kentucky. Football. He revived Kentucky from the dead. Kentucky before this was a doormat of the SEC. They were terrible football. This is the basketball school we're talking Kentucky about. Kentucky never even lived. He, they, he <laughs> built that. He built that program from nothing. Five bowl games in a row. Five years of bowl games in a row is unheard of for Kentucky football. Yet he's got them producing pro players. He's got them producing bowl games. A winning program. So I think that's a good, a really good like name. And he's got ties to the program. Ryan, yeah. who's your guy? So you talked about making sense, and I think that's where I'm going to go with this. Matt Campbell, I'll start with that. I think that's a guy that is, you know, he, he's in line for that. Um, but how about Brent Venables? Defensive Damn, coordinator. You stole, you stole my guy. For Clemson. We want to talk about making sense. He was a defensive assistant at Oklahoma for 12 years. That's mm-hmm. huge. He knows the program. He knows the state. He knows how to recruit there. So that's obviously, we know his resume speaks for itself. Two national championships. That's a guy, if he wants to be the head coach, I think he's the highest paid assistant in the country, something like that. If he wants it, I think this would be a great job for him. Yeah, I mean, like I was going to say, Brad Venables, you know, that he has the Oklahoma ties. And I think it's about time that he gets his head coaching job. He's been a phenomenal defensive coordinator for Clemson year in, year out, providing a great defense for that team. One but other it, guy that I want to throw out real quick that I'm hearing a lot of hype for is uh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers. He was a great college coach at Baylor. You think he goes back? I I don't think he goes back yet. I don't know. I've I've just I've been hearing a lot of 
pushed towards it because he can't win in the NFL. The the Panthers well, were primed this year to do good, and been, they're they're not. I mean, I mean, with, 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 with Sam Darnold, the quarterback, can't really be that good. Come on, let's pump the brakes on that one. But it's, also, they, it's interesting. I feel like he said a few times he wouldn't. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I would be shocked. You're, you're, I mean, a, a lot of people say a, a lot of stuff. A few weeks ago, yeah. Lincoln Riley said he wasn't, exactly. he wasn't uh, nope. going to LSU. At, at and this, then at this moment, and went to exactly. USC. At this moment, the word means nothing. So, you know, anything can happen. But I'm going to bring up Bill O'Brien. We all know Bill O'Brien. Alabama offensive coordinator him. now, right now. But he was formerly Penn State head coach. And most notably, the Houston Texans head coach from 2014 to 2020. Dumpster fire. Absolute dumpster fire. Uh, but Bill O'Brien... He's an offensive-minded coach, which I'm assuming Oklahoma would like to continue that trend of having an offensive-minded coach. We'll see, though. I don't know if that's a maybe. Maybe assumption. things change, but I really do think Bill O'Brien's a notable name. I think he wants to get his name back into the head coaching ranks, re- like revamp his image. I mean, he got his job at o- at Alabama as an offensive coordinator, and like, why not take that next step back up? I think Bill O'Brien is definitely a name that we should look at and consider. But I really liked all three of the candidates that we brought up. But, you know, let's get to the elephant in the room. Uh, Danny's favorite coach in college football. Danny, Danny, Danny. Danny, Brian, Danny, Danny. Brian Kelly to LSU. How are you feeling about Coach Kelly, and how do you feel about that LSU hire? Do you think he's the right guy? You know, <clears throat> no. He, he's not the right guy for any program after after going pretty in-depth. Um, I've had a couple days to, to really – soak this in and think about it and cool off. I was pretty I was pretty angry and yes. both of you can can attest <laughs> yes, to that. Yes, we know. Uh Ryan especially. Ryan and I had some conversations. Um yes. but Kelly could never win the big one. And mm-hmm. his two chances in the playoffs he lost. His one time in the uh BCS bowl he lost. When they were in the ACC championship for one year he lost. The only New Year's Six Bowl against Ohio State 2016, he lost. He cannot win a game when it matters. He, okay. he just he can't do it. So I think this is actually a very good time for the Irish to move on. I will talk about the hire of Marcus Freeman in a second. I think that's a very good hire for Notre Dame. But yeah, we'll get to that I will in a I will always always have a soft spot for Brian Kelly. Will you? He won a hundred. Will you? That's what well, you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's what uh, was re- like resonated in the text messages that we got. He won. He won a hundred and thirteen games for the Irish. He's the really? winningest yeah. coach of all time. He's the first coach that I remember being at Notre Dame right. when I when I really started watching it. It was Brian Kelly. He was the face. I've high fived him on a couple of occasions going to Notre Dame games. Have you watched the handoff yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming by now you've watched the handoff because now you're a little bit angry at Brian Kelly. But but the one the one thing that that really I I still can't get this I can't get over this and this is going to be the tarnish of his legacy. He left when we had a chance to make the playoffs, and all it like it basically ruined this group's chances of making the playoffs mm-hmm. of competing mm-hmm. for a national championship. They the um. Gary Barda came out, who's the counsel of the college football chair. And uh, Ryan and I were talking about this. We were both shocked that they actually admitted it. They admitted that Brian Kelly leaving has an impact on where Notre Dame is ranked. Wow. That's it's that's actually insane. Just actually going out and admitting it. We, we all knew, knew it would. we all knew it would. I mean, yeah, we but, knew, but but them coming out and admitting it, that just fuels the hatred for Brian Kelly and oh Notre my Dame God. fans. Just there's just w- another what if. I mean, this is a good Notre Dame team that's rolling too. I mean, this is from start to season to end of the season, this is probably the most improved team in college football, mm-hmm. and he just ditches them. Yeah. I I don't I don't understand he, it. He I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because you said one thing. You said it was a good time for Notre Dame to move on. They did not move on at all. Oh no, they got they, go- got, they got ghosted. No, and, pretty yeah, much okay. ghosted. That and is then, that is fair. But you know, I I was doing some research into it, and you know, Brian Kelly has a few scandals that I won't get into. Uh, but if if you want to yeah. know more about him, you can look him up. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure you we, felt we, the same we, way we, before he left, right? Oh yeah, for yeah, sure, of yeah. course. No, I was, I was all in singing, on Brian. You're singing but, the praises of Brian Kelly, great coach. But you know, coach. some sometimes something just falls into your lap, and I, I looked into it, and you know, I maybe I was, I had such a <laughs> blinders, blinders on, on, yeah, that that I was all in on Brian Kelly. I think this is actually potentially 
going to flip the program around for the Irish. I think in a good way. In a very good I mean, way. They get they get a young coach in oh, there. Yeah. They they still no no assistants left. And he's and he's in the program. He knows the program well. Yeah. No, not a single assistant left. Brian Kelly leaves. The rest of the staff stays. I think that's huge. I really do. That's actually that, that, that con- con- bring con- his guys to yeah. He, yeah. he was talking about con- b- bringing Marcus Freeman and none of them the followed coach. him. They were yeah. talking about bringing Tommy Reese. He's, I respect he's that. staying in his job. I respect that so much from the Notre Dame staff. I didn't actually know that, but like they, they keep that continuity for next year. This yeah, is, and this and is a, I think that's also yeah. huge because now you're not losing recruits. You're going, right. oh well, we lost a right. head coach, but like like what's happening like, with Lincoln uh, Oklahoma, Riley? Yeah, in Oklahoma, none of the recruits have decommitted, as far as I can tell, right. as far as I've seen. It's the same staff, and now you get a more yeah, likable, a more yeah, likable like, head people, coach. People want to go to Notre Dame for Notre Dame, not for Brian Kelly. Yeah, no, no one's going to Notre Dame for. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, people was, most yeah, likely, yeah, yeah, people yeah. most likely are going to Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame. Notre you're not Dame. going to Notre Dame because of the head coach. You're going for the tradition, yeah. for the yeah. legacy, great, great, for, for the chance to compete for a national right. championship great, say year in year out. Probably the best academics in like a major but college that hurts. football program. That, that hurts your recruiting because you have academic restrictions. And I feel like you know we weren't alive for this, but just hearing people talk about this, Oklahoma used to be, I mean, sorry, Notre Dame used to be like, you get a letter from them, your whole town knows it is a huge deal. Notre Dame's the only team people watch because it was the only team, only right. team on. I feel television. like I feel like a lot of like our like the older generation, like I've noticed Everyone's a lot a of da- dads. That's, that's why I'm a Notre Dame fan, and, and, and I have I have no family. Did. I have no family ties to school. My dad was a Notre Dame fan, so I'm a Notre Dame fan. And the one thing I'll say, Danny, and this isn't even a low blow, and I hope you can agree, they have lost some of that luster. They are not that oh, same abso- tradition. Absolutely. And so Brian Kelly, when he got there, he really made right. them special. You talked about most. He revived that program a little. The big yeah. game, I'll agree. I'll agree. It's hard. He never had the athletes. But it's t- it's right? tough with like the recruiting, the academic restrictions. It's a, you it's a restriction. It's, very tough. it's also the location. You know, would you rather be? I don't know. I, Every I, kid's different. I was talking to Bobby, our guy Bobby Chaffardini, our sports director before the, uh, before the show. Actually, uh, he he thinks that Notre Dame, like, but Brian Ke- Brian Kelly really did the most he could do in Notre Dame with academic restrictions, with the tough. Like, I guess you get to make your own schedule, but it's tough. I know Danny you feel a little bit different, but yeah, it's de- it's definitely. Going to be a lot of change, just a little bit of change this upcoming year in South Bend. But with that change comes a new head coach, Marcus Freeman. I want to, because I didn't really know who Marcus Freeman was until I did a little research on him. I found out that he was a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at Cincinnati previously and Notre Dame. So, you know, he's got experience at big programs. He played, he's young, he's 35 years old. This is a massive change for this Oklahoma team. I mean, this Notre Dame team, but this is in house. Danny, you've come to terms with the hire. How are you feeling now? You know, I, I'm very. I I wouldn't say I'm I'm over the top happy. I think a lot of Notre Dame fans are over the top happy. But when there's a guy like Luke Fickle, and yeah. and we yeah. talked about it, I I wanted Urban Meyer. I know there's a lot of scandals there, but Urban Meyer, all he does is win. He goes mm-hmm. to your program and he wins a national championship. It's funny I, how the scandals only uh, the blinders come on. Yeah, in, in, uh, <laughs> Dan, Daddy's all about games. winning. Daddy's I, all I, about winning. Yes, I I am. I'll, I want to I want to win a national championship. I I trade two of the Giants uh, World Series wins. Now for, you got to trade all them. All or none. All, fine. All three. Done. I, all three. I, I want I want Notre Dame to win a national championship. Okay. That's that's was, by far okay. the one thing I want most in life for, out, of, out of my sports teams. Okay. Wow. Marcus Freeman going to him. The last time Notre Dame hired in house didn't work out too well. Who was that? Did, uh, Charlie Wise with thirty-five and twenty-five. That's no bueno. Um But the program was not in as good of a spot as it is right now. Right. The one thing I'll say, I'll give Brian credit, Brian Kelly credit for, he left the program in a good spot. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame is always going to be competing for a national championship, and Marcus Freeman played football, and I think he's going to be the next guy that's going to be talked about as oh he's a young superstar head coach kind of like how luke fickle is this year he's he's right. a lot younger than fickle but i think he's going to there do a were great talks job. danny that they would just like it would be fickle and notre dame and then freeman would take over I Cincinnati. Thought, that's what I, I thought i saw that too but you know i mean i'm surprised by the hire 
but I think it's a good hire. I think it's a sta- the Notre Dame program. What about LSU? Right Can we talk about that? I know we have to wrap yeah. up kind of soon, but LSU from their perspective, I think the one thing people are saying is you look at the personality, it doesn't look like it'll match. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> it, winning, does, it does not match. It does Free- not match. Freeman is more relatable to the guys. Winning like. cures a lot. Brian right. Kelly is going to have his work cut out for him only because now he's to go through the SEC. Uh-huh. And you look at it, you have to win right away. Yeah. Ed Orgeron, an LSU guy who won a national championship less than God two can, years ago. God can't. God can't can for two bad years. Yeah. So, Brian Kelly, like, get ready because you talked about how you would only leave if you got all this money, the fairies, the pixie dust, whatever the hell. $250 million. Dollars. Didn't exactly. get it. Now you got to go, though. You got to go right now. You got to win ASAP. You do not have time to really let, like, you have to immediately get your guys at LSU. That's the one thing I'll say. The pressure for him, he was comfortable at Notre Dame. He could have kept doing what he's doing, and he would have been all time. You know, you keep going close to the playoffs, everything like that. LSU, you have to win ASAP. Exactly. He enters enters the SEC, which, I mean, it's the obviously the toughest conference in college football, and it's going to be added to with Oklahoma and Texas in the next five years. Just makes that a super conference right there. But, you know, Texas, I mean, SEC right now pretty much runs college football. And why not start at the top? We're going to talk about the new top 10. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of change this year, uh, this week, with just a bunch of teams going in, out. Let's start with the top the top seven i think that's the most important like like seven teams uh, that are your, legit your bias is showing all right fine six teams <laughs> yeah uh sorry ohio state uh my bias is done um they're done let's talk about the top six teams do you guys have any objections to the the top new top six none ryan, whatsoever ryan, ryan yeah. i'll start with you i this was my we always we, yeah. what we always do in our group chat is we set our own top six exactly. before they come out the exact top six was mine in order exactly, so I can't have any issues. It's right. it's exactly what I would have done. The one, the two things that you guys disagreed with, and I don't know if you still do, was I think you disagreed with Bama, Michigan, the flip, and you disagreed yeah. with Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. So besides I, that, I'm all good. I think I was no, I was more, yeah, I guess, but I was a little bit more like upset about Cincinnati being ranked four because I think they just they have the resume. I think they built themselves up to be at least three. I think. Obviously, Bama's been looking very shaky. Who are right they? Now. Who are they better in the top three? Yeah, I disagree with that. Too. I think that they might be a better team than Alabama. As crazy as that sounds, sounds they've been crazy. they've been playing. I mean, they've been playing phenomenal football all year. Bama's look really shaky against bad teams. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but Danny, I, I'm gonna get to you. What are your objections? I, the top I have an objection, but I completely understand, and I'm not gonna. I'm You've not gonna. To I'm not gonna throw a fit about it. Um, I, I understand why Oklahoma State is five. I disagree with it personally, but I completely understand why, and I'm not going to make a scene about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be. We got. It's it's like a pretty stable ranking. I think this is a good ranking. I don't like. My objections are just like little objections. It's not really a big deal. Yeah, I mean, in, in the yeah. entire top ten, I don't have anything that I'm going, what? That doesn't make exactly. any sense. Why, why is Ohio State still below Oregon? We know these. Rankings don't even matter until next week. Yes. And yeah, next exactly. week is what matters the most. Let's get to the next week. Let's start with a game that now has a ton of playoff implications. You got ninth-ranked ninth Baylor versus fifth-ranked Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship at AT&T Stadium. Man, that's going to be – that's a way bigger game than I would think maybe five – maybe like four or five weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Oklahoma State has a chance to make the playoff. If they take care of business and one of the teams loses, Ryan, I'm gonna start with you. What are your predictions for this game, and what does Oklahoma State need to do to win their second game against Baylor? Yeah, they have to play. I think less sloppy versus Oklahoma. I think that's 100. percent They definitely got outplayed that game, and you can only do that for so long. We saw Michigan State; they outplayed Michigan, and it caught up to them in a big way. And Michigan proved to be the better team in the end. Mm-hmm. So I think Oklahoma State has to be very careful. Um, you talked about they need some help. I could see a scenario where they just win, and because of how it's going to go, like we have an SEC game, we have Cincinnati. I'm mm-hmm. not even convinced that if Cincinnati wins, they're in. I'm just not the way yeah. the committee's going to go. The committee's so weird. I think Oklahoma State, if you win against eighth-ranked Baylor, I think it helps you a lot. Um, you just can't do what you've always done, lose the big one. You yeah. won it last week. Well, we, this is college we just football. just talked about it. The biggest game is your next game. That's how you have to treat it. So don't look behind that. I know it's kind of an emotional win, winning. That can worry me sometimes. But Oklahoma State, they're definitely better than Baylor, so I have no issues. I think they should just win this game. But this is is still the ninth-ranked Baylor team. That is tough. They gave Oklahoma State a tough run for their money the first time around. 
And, you know, this is a good Baylor team. These are both Being a team twice is very hard. It's very hard. Exactly what I was going to say. That was was my biggest prep is the team that loses has the advantage. Right. I still think think Oklahoma Oklahoma State is a better team. I do, too. And I think they're going to win this game. I have this one 31-24 for Oklahoma State. Ryan? Uh, Give a score. I'll give a score. I'll go uh, 27-21. I think 28-24 Oklahoma State. So you think Oklahoma State too? Yeah, yeah. Or across I, the board. I think we're all Oklahoma State, but I would not be shocked whatsoever if Baylor pulls one out. I mean, I wouldn't either, but yeah, I think Oklahoma State is the clear better team. But that's going to be a great game to watch. But another game that I really want to talk about: twenty-first ranked Houston in the eight versus fourth ranked Cincinnati. This is the American Conference national the championship right there, as you just said. You're not that confident in Cincinnati wins. They're in. This is one of their toughest tests of the year. This is a very good Houston football team that we're talking about. What like what's the key to, for Cincinnati? Uh, Cincinnati is going to win this game. I, so. I believe so. I think the the chaos that will uh, definitely ensue will be due to just how the committee comes up with something. I just think they're so focused. There have been times this season where it looks like they'd slip and they bounce back and crush a team. So I have no no worries about Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, he's not taking any interviews right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's locked he's in. He's actually supposed to interview for the Oklahoma job, but he's waiting until after everything. I respect that. that that's lose him see, that's how that's how that's how it should be done. A leader of yeah. men. That, he could lose himself millions of dollars doing that, but I think right. that shows how much he cares, how important it is for the sport to get a group of five team in there. Right. So I think they're going to win this game. I, I really don't have much worry that Houston pulls it off. Yeah, no, Luke Fickle is such a good coach. He might be my favorite coach in college football right now. That guy is just, he's turned that Cincinnati program from a good program to one of the best in the nation, year in, year out. So, do you have a score prediction for that game? Um, Yeah, sure. I'll go 24-14. Low scoring. Yeah. I, all right, I'm very surprised by that, actually. Danny, what are, um, your, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so I, I really believe that this is Cincinnati's biggest test of the year, including the Notre Dame wow. game. Um, what? The Notre Dame game was was Dame? early on. This is un- it was it was this is a not, not so good Notre Dame team early, wow. earlier on. They turned I it around. I thought they were the best team in the nation, Danny. I, I have never said that. I have been <laughs> saying Georgia is the best team in the nation all year long. Yeah. And yeah, and right. I uh, at the beginning you. I said Alabama, yeah. but then I realized. Yeah, no, but this is a no, better Georgia team. Cincinnati's been was struggling for the past few weeks. Last week, good win against SMU. Great mm-hmm. win for Cincinnati. Great win. But but this Houston team is a lot better than SMU. Oh, no, they're good. They need to prove, Cincinnati needs to prove that they can win against a very good team. They did once, sort of, with Notre Dame, but I think, a, I think that's a completely think, different Notre Dame team. I think team. one and a half great wins. I mean, the SMU team is a good team. And, I count that as a half. And I'm looking at win. this Houston schedule right now. They haven't beat. They lick. They beat SMU as well. That's I like, mean, outside yeah. outside of uh, Notre Dame, who has since well, beat. winning in Notre Dame is pretty important. Yeah, no, yeah. I I agree. Great yeah. win, but, but I think this is this is their most important game of oh, the 100%. season. Oh, hundred percent by like oh, by by, by far none by country mile. I think Cincinnati wins it. I got twenty eight fourteen. Also low scoring. Wow. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna up the ante here. I'm gonna say high scoring. Um, I'm shocked that you guys are going low scoring. I think these are two high powered offenses. As crazy as it sounds, 48-34 Cincinnati. Wow. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I'm probably going to be wrong because that's how I am recently. Yes. But the, I Cincinnati. Oh, H. Oh, no. Um, okay, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but I think this is a good, like a very good, two very good offenses. I think it's going to be high-scoring. I think Cincinnati prevails and clinches their playoff berth. Let's talk about another game that still does have playoff implications. Fourth rank, uh, second rank, Michigan. Excuse me, versus Iowa. Another, I mean, a team that peaked too early. Danny Scott knows a lot about Iowa. Danny Scott put his life on the line. I mean, we're talking to the ghost of Danny Scott right now. This is a game, the Big Ten championship, and this is gonna be, I mean, a better game than most people expect. I just think because it's gonna be com- closely contested. Both good defenses, both good run games. But I'm gonna start with you, Danny. Actually, um, who, like, what, what's the keys? For Michigan to take care of the food, and what do you think is the final score? I mean, I'm just gonna keep this short and simple. Yes. Michigan's mm-hmm. going to kill Iowa. Iowa is yes. is way way not as good as we thought they were. Michigan is way way better than they thought right. than we thought they were. Uh, Michigan rolls 38 to 10. Michigan, welcome to the playoffs, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Michigan wins and they're in. 
It's that simple. Yeah, How do they win? They do exactly what they did last week. I think they match up great too because Iowa's offense just stinks. Oh, they're The ter- way they're Iowa terrible. has been able to get to this point is because they always win the battle of the trenches. This is a game they won't be able to do that. No, the Aiden, one, Aiden Hutchison right. and, and David Ojabo. Oh, yeah. my gosh. The this thing, is going to be a field day for Michigan. What they this always is, have the advantage and they don't have it now. Michigan's yeah. so focused right now. I'm so in on them. They're mm-hmm. going to win this game. They're going to win oh, yeah, it comfortably. They, they will. I don't think, what'd you say, 30, how many? 38 to 10. I don't think they put up 38. I'll go I'll go 31, 14. Oh, I'm, I'm a one point off of that. I was originally going to go a little bit closer, but I'm changing it to 31, 13, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think Huge that this is going to be, yeah, exactly, massive point difference. Ooh, uh, I think, yeah, no, Mich- Mich- Michigan is going to run rampant on this Iowa defense. And you guys know Iowa's going to win now because we're all so confident. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Know. It's just the way it goes, the way the podcast goes. But why not end with the game of the day? I mean, come on. This is what we've all been waiting for. For weeks. Al- for weeks. This this is the game of the year. Game of the year by far. Alabama. Third-ranked Alabama versus first-ranked Georgia. I mean, come on. We've been talking about it for weeks. We've been waiting for it for weeks. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, so. What do you think about this game? So this is going to be interesting here because I've been kind of saying, Alabama, they've been just sleepwalking into these games, barely beating these teams. They're going to win this football game, guys. Mm. They're going to win this football game. And the reason is, it's simple. It's Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart in a game where, for Nick Saban, it's everything. It's his season. For Kirby Smart and Georgia, what is this game? Yeah, they can still win. They, they are lose and they're locked still in. into the playoff. Yeah. That is why I just think the urgency. It's so difficult to play. You know, Both these teams aren't playing with their seasons on the line. Right. Georgia, and I'm sure the Georgia staff is doing a great job getting them to think that. But deep down, we all know, and they know too, they're in the playoff. Alabama is playing for everything. I trust Nick Saban so much. I trust the greatest coach to come out, yeah. to be ready. I think they've looked sloppy the last few weeks. I think they'll turn it up here. Alabama, well, there's been a lot of questions. Do they get in as a two-loss team? We won't need to know they're going to win this game. Daddy Scott, get ready to get your trust broken, and, and welcome to the club. Uh, Georgia's <laughs> going to roll, roll oh, the tide, oh. roll the tide. Um, yeah, no, you said, what is what is Kirby Smart battling for? This is for his legacy. He finally beats Saban. He goes undefeated. He goes Winsanati undefeated. Number one team all year long, mm-hmm. best team in the country. Kirby Smart is, is amped for this game. This isn't just Nick Saban. This is Kirby Smart wanting to destroy Alabama, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I got 45-21. Wow. Georgia demolishes them. Was, you got what Jordan. Was your, what was your score prediction? I think it's going to be all-time back and forth. I, I'll go 34-31 Bama. I think 45. Jordan wow. Davis up front against a weak Alabama offensive line. Uh, Georgia's just, their defense is suffocating. Absolutely suffocating. Right. They're going to demolish Alabama. This is going to be maybe it. Nick Saban's worst loss in college history. I love you, that we're on opposite sides. You know this. what? It's fun to be a tiebreaker. Georgia Bulldogs. 27-20. I'll tell you that. Um, this could be a year that Kirby Smart finally beats Nick Saban. But you know what? That's going to do it for this week's edition of College Gridiron. The producer today is Annabelle Watson. The sports director of WFUV is Bobby Chaffardini. I'm glad to be joined, as always, by the great Danny Scott and Ryan Gregoire. And with that, my name is Tyler Hu, signing off. College Gridiron is a production of WFUV Sports.